Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, uh, Chief Content Director of Meetings Today. I'm here at MPI 2019 in Toronto and here with um, David Lau. Thanks for joining us, David. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And Alan Kleinfeld. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I sat in um, these uh, two guys with Tyra Hillard, an attorney, had a great um, seminar, a great presentation on the Sunday about risk management and especially about uh, active shooters and really kind of gauging facilities for um, their safety and actually how to possibly identify someone who may be at your conference who poses a threat. Um, and so, um, you know, t- tell us uh, what were some of the key things that, um, that, we, uh, that you guys covered in that? Uh, it starts with mental preparation and it begins with having a plan. What we need to remember is the mind navigates the body and the body is never going to follow where the mind is not willing to lead. So these things are not pleasant to think about them. But if you never think about them, if you think that this could never happen to you and heaven forbid it does, you're going to be very, very slow to react. And we don't want you to be slow to react. We want you to make it home to your family, safe and sound, coming home whole physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. But the obvious first step is you got to survive physically. And that mental preparation must start left of bang. It has to start pre-event. And uh, thank you, uh, David. And Alan, what do you have to add to that? So I would say one of my additions would be, uh, in a, especially in a, in a situation where you're, you might have an active shooter, one thing you can do is try to keep the bad guys out. Have the hotel place security, have uniformed people around. Uh, if you can prevent something like that, great. The problem with uh, human element is you never know when or if it's going to happen. So you could be looking for people who aren't supposed to be there. Real basic one is if a person doesn't have the name badge on or appropriate identification, maybe you get your venue security involved and ask if that person should be there. The other thing is looking for certain kinds of uh, traits, characteristics, um, body reactions to things that might make them seem kind of shifty. Um, David was talking about some of those yesterday. It could be like bodies starting to sweat, clenching of fists. Um, sometimes they may go pale. Sometimes they may go flush if they're preparing to do something, things like that. And I know you mentioned something called checking the six too. Yeah, so we, we call these kinesics. There's, there's things uh, when someone's under emotional distress, they will have certain physical manifestations that frankly they will not be able to control. And if you know what to look for, you can see this thing coming before it ever happens, right? Because it's the human element that's that, that's dangerous. So in addition to what Alan said, um, rapid blinking of the eyes, cotton mouth, they'll visibly be swallowing hard, what we call body grooming. Um, someone who's concealing a weapon or something that can do you harm that's not used to doing it, um, unconsciously their hand is gonna keep going to where that weapon is to touch it, feel it, make sure it's there. Um, checking their six, they know they're about to do something bad. They don't want to get caught. They're thinking, has hotel security seen me come in? The average person, every few steps, isn't constantly looking around and seeing who's behind them. That's the six o'clock, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just like the the face of a watch. Yeah. So any one of these indicators by themselves may mean nothing, but we're looking for what we call trigger lines. For me, if I see two or more, you know, maybe three or more. Um, it's time to take action. And what that action is, is depending on, 
your comfort level. Your action may be letting somebody know. Your action may be grabbing your people and leaving. You know, um, it's what your capabilities are. But the last thing we want people to do is see something that could be an obvious sign of danger and willfully look the other way because they don't know what to do because they have no plan in place. And I would, uh, you know, one thing is what when planners do a site inspection, what should they look at in the uh, possible meeting rooms and what should they ask the facility? Uh, Alan, I think that's really up your alley. Yeah, yeah, good question too. It's become a, an issue right now and it's coming, it's kind of coming to a head where the venue is doing one thing with their emergency planning and the planner is doing something else with their security and safety planning. And I've been working with both sides trying to get them to come together. Uh, the planner doesn't ask this of the venue, so the venue assumes the planner's not interested, and the planner's thinking, well, I don't want to bother them, and they're not going to give it to me anyway, so I'm just going to do my own thing. So one of my things now has been, when you're doing your RFPs or you're doing your site visits, get the security guy to join you, and that way when you're going through and checking rooms, you can ask the guy while you're along with him, hey, where are the emergency evacuations? What do you guys do in case of an active shooter? What do you do in case the fire alarm is pulled? Do you have plans written down that you can share with me or at least talk me through so I know you guys have something ready to help us? So that will actually supplement me, the meeting planner's own security and safety plan. So it's it, the real big thing is communication. Don't be afraid to ask. If the venue says no, I'm not going to give you my copy. Say, please walk me through it at least verbally or show me when I come for a site visit. And then you mentioned too, you can ask for specifics. Uh, what what should I do if this, they might not want to share their whole, understandably, their whole security. Uh, they, don't want the, they don't want the bad guys to get hold of their plan as well for, the, for, that, for an obvious reason. So if they don't want to share it, you can ask, uh, like you were just about to ask me, what can I do specifically if I have a, a tenny that collapses or goes unconscious or whatever the case might be. And um, what would be your advice if something does happen? I think that uh, one of you may have mentioned that the attendees are looking for maybe the meeting planner as an example to follow them. And if the meeting planner does something that is wise, they'll, they'll instinctually just follow them. Um, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I've been in enough conferences I know that uh, attendees, uh, where to go, what to do, and I think that's only going to magnify in the case of emergency that's happened with other industries in the past. So although, you know, we, we try to stay left of bang, we try to prevent, we try to mitigate, but bad guy always gets a vote. Um, sometimes you can't keep them out. It could be an insider threat. If it goes down, it is very imperative that the planner know what to do. Although the, as a planner, when this happens, you are only responsible for your own life, but um, like I said, we want them to come home whole, and we also know that whatever they do, people are going to flex off of. So if anybody in that group has a plan, I think it's very important that the planner know where to go, domain awareness, you know, two ways in, two ways out. They know what's cover. They know what's concealment. They know where safe zones are, and they know basic avoid, deny, defend tactics. And what things should they look about? I think everyone might know if I see a backpack that's unattended, and especially one that's like packed, which could have explosives in it, I better do something about this. Are there other things they should uh, look for also? I would go with, I would start with what Alan said. This starts before you event, if you have a sit down with the security team, you can ask them, 
Do you guys have any known threats? Because sometimes they get the same people coming in through the hotels trying to access areas. Do you have any known threats? Do you have any known characters that come in out? Um, have you guys let go of anybody that may be disgruntled right now? You can ask them these things. They may not tell you, but you will not know unless you ask them, right? And that gives you a starting point. So you do look over. You're the first in the venue. You're checking on the AV. You see that backpack in the corner. If there's anybody in the room, whose pack is that, right? And now if, if no one claims it, it has no identifiable tags on it, that's an attendee member, you know? Now you think, if I see this, what am I going to do? I already know who the security team is. I'm going to call them. Can you remove that, right? Um, what to look for if somebody comes in? I want clusters. Somebody comes in, they don't have the proper identification. You know, most people know each other at a conference. They're there to talk and network. You have somebody comes in solo, by themselves, vacant predator stance look on their face. No one's addressing them. No one's acting like they know this person. No one's looking at them. They look nervous. Maybe they're sweating. They're not dressed appropriately. Please don't look the other way. Please do not look the other way. To, to add on to what he was saying, a couple other things to be aware of is, in that situation, if you find a sus suspicious package, know the venue's policy for contacting help. It's not going to be picking up the house phone and dialing 911. It's mm -hmm. probably going to be a certain number for that venue. Or uh, the reverse is, if you are going to just pick up a cell phone and dial 911, you need to let know the procedure the venue has for informing them. The venue is going to know the location to give to first responders a lot better than the meeting planner. So have that communication with the venue so if something like that does happen, they know how to get the right people there. But like David said, don't ignore it. It's one of those things that I think is we've we've become complacent since 9-11. I was in D.C. on 9-11, so I'm one of those people in that mindset. Uh, a backpack uh, on a, a subway train that no one with or a suitcase in an airport that no one is with, it's still I still go get help. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? You'll embarrass yourself for a couple of seconds by asking someone. It's worth mm -hmm. it to, to make sure you do that. It's Great. better to be wrong and alive than right and dead. Right, exactly. The last thing, <laughs> the, the last thing you want to do is the last thought that goes through your head is thinking, I knew it. Right. <laughs> I should have called that Yeah, right. it's not a good place to be that's in. Right. That's right. Um, are there any resources people should check out um, that would help them? Um, I would say there's a lot of organizations out there that are willing to train you and your staff and uh, threat response, right, active threat response. There's a lot. Um, because there are a lot of resources out there, they're, they're all over the spectrum, right? Vet them out, meet them, make sure. And I've been in the training world for a long time, and I think everybody knows it. Uh, there's different levels of trainers, right? There's... Um, just because somebody knows how to do it doesn't mean that they know exactly how to articulate it or how to communicate it. So sit down, make sure you're comfortable with whoever you're bringing in, make sure they know exactly what your needs are, and more importantly, who your target audience is because the last thing you wanna do is bring somebody in that's gonna train people and they scare the bejesus out of everybody and now they have a closed mindset and they don't learn a thing because they're just terrified the whole time they're sitting there. Right. There's that too, yeah. Um, I would say as far as resources go, the don't forget one that is really overlooked easily is your local 
uh, first responders because just about every state, every police agency, county sheriff's office, whatever, um, because safety, because events have become a target, they now do a lot of training themselves. So, for example, I'm based in Charleston, South Carolina. The state actually has active shooter training that me as a local officer, I can go to the state and say, hey, what's the latest on this? And I can be trained. Um, companies can call the same guy I can call and say, hey, can you come train our staff on active shooter or what might we do at an event? So don't overlook the local stuff. Great. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and thank you for what you do. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Everybody be safe. Thank you, and thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. Head on over to meetingstoday.com forward slash podcast, or just check out the homepage for our sub-navigation area that will lead you to a wealth of podcasts with uh, industry thought leaders on subjects that are all important to the meetings industry. Thank you for joining us.